Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. And pour your blessing upon your people. The Lord will open his good treasure and pour you a blessing that you cannot contain. The Bible says that before you were born, he knew you. And he gave you a destiny. Tonight, God will be good to you. Tonight, God will cancel every curse that the enemy has destined for your life. He will frustrate every plan of the evil one. Because we are the people of God. Father God, we give you praise. Lift up your hands unto him. Tell him that, Father, with all my heart, I will worship you. With all my heart, I will give you praise. With all that you have done for me, Lord, I will come and bow before you and worship your name. For you are my Lord. Just worship him, somebody. Just worship him. Just give him glory. Just give him praise. You are with all that is within you. Just worship him. We worship your name. Oh, I Through the blood of the Lamb, I enter to worship you only. I enter to honor the Lamb. I enter the I 
Shit, 
thank you for the blood. We enter only by the blood, Jesus. It's only by the blood. Nothing by the blood. Nothing by the blood. Nothing by the blood. Nothing by the blood. Father God, it's only by the blood that we can come. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing by the blood. Amen. We enter by the blood. Amen. We are made perfect by the blood. Amen. Amen. Without the blood, Father, tonight we wouldn't have been here. Amen. We thank you for the cross. And we thank you that, Father, where two or three are gathered, you are in their midst. Amen. So tonight, Father, we know that you are in our presence. You are here. I'm For we are gathered in your name. We can feel your presence in this place. We are here. You are here. I'm on for you and through the Your presence, your presence. 
Time here on this earth, 
do amazing things. Hallelujah. I said, I have seen God in my short time. Azafu, please come. Come and sit here. Sit here. Put your hands together for <laughs> Pastor Dave, Daniel, right? Daniel Owusu from Lighthouse Providence. Rhode Island Church. Hallelujah. I said in this short time, I have seen God do amazing things. God tends things around. The Bible says that when the earth was created, when the world was created, it was dark. It was without form and void. But what happened? God turned the situation around. Just, just, just turned it. Just turned it around. Hallelujah. You see, God turned dust into a human being. Dust. Dust. He just turned it around. And the dust became a human being. What a shock. You see, Adam, Adam fell asleep. And God turned his ribs. Whoa! And one rib. And look at and look at what the Lord has done with one rib. God will turn your situation around. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Oh, God will open his good treasure. And pour you a blessing. And he can do everything. Everything. Look at this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 25. 25-23. 25-23. You gave me two. Where is the three? Sure. No. Can't be. It cannot be. Which one did you give me? The 23, 25? No, no, no. Give me 23, 25. Of thy neighbor, then thou mayest pluck the ears. What ear? 
What year are you talking about? What year? It's not, it's not possible. It can be possible. Hallelujah. Tonight, I believe that God is going to do something marvelous. How many of you have scars? Scars. You have scars? You have scars. The Lord will turn your scars into stars. Hallelujah. If you have a scar, the Lord will turn your scars into what? Stars. Hallelujah. It depends on you. Hallelujah. By an act of your will, you can decide to let God turn your scars into stars. When I talk about scars, I'm not talking about you went to play football or chaskele or whatever or golf and then you fell and then you got a scar no I remember all my scars are from Boris but I'm talking about issues of life if you haven't had any it's just a matter of time but God can turn that scars into stars. Hallelujah. There's a very popular verse that we all know in Romans 8, 28. For we know, for we know, that all things work for good, but not for everyone. Do you know that? All things work together for good, but not to everyone, but to them that love the Lord. How many God lovers do we have here tonight? Then all things will work together for good. Hallelujah. Your scars will become stars. Amen. It is the prophecy that you believe. I said that there's a prophecy that you believe. Sit there and look at me. I am preaching a testimony. A testimony. A testimony. A testimony. Hallelujah. From stumbling blocks to stepping stones. Things that have become stumbling blocks, they will become what? Stepping stones. What am I saying? God can turn the bad things that have happened in your life into something good. Hallelujah. Bad things happen. Hallelujah. Bad things happen. You can never be a careful driver enough. You may drive your car on the road carefully. 
because you still owe on the car. And then somebody will just run into you just like that. Bad things happen to people. Hallelujah. Some of the bad things that happen is as a result of your own fault. Sometimes they talk to you. They talk to you. You are like Pharaoh. We have shown you every miracle. But you will never yield until your firstborns begin to die. Then you begin to yield to what the Lord is saying. But I pray that you must listen. When they speak to you, when they talk to you, you must listen. So bad things happen to people because of mistakes that they have made. Because of your faults, because of your sins, bad things can happen to you. Hallelujah. Bad things can also happen to you for doing the right thing. Isn't it? You may be doing the right thing and then bad things can happen to you. But when those things happen, it is because the devil wants to take away your testimony. And the devil wants to frustrate you such that you will lose your testimony. But you have to persevere and you have to move on. And you have to press on. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So the Bible says that when bad things happen to you, as a result of your fault or no fault of yours, there is something you need to do. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, the Bible says that be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. And because I have overcome the world, you will also overcome the world. Hallelujah. The Bible says that be of good cheer. When bad things happen to you, be of good cheer because what you don't know is that God is going to turn your scars into stars. Hallelujah. So that when you give your testimony, your testimony will be huge. I said then your testimony will be huge. Hallelujah. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. The Bible says that do not be dismayed. Do not be dismayed. You see, to be dismayed means that to fall down before your problems. Uh-huh. To be mobster. If you fall down before your problems, then you are dismayed. And the Bible says that do not be dismayed. Why? Because I, the Lord, I am with you. I am with you. Not me, but the Lord is with you. And because the Lord is with you, the Bible says that when the problems come, don't just fall down before your problems. 
and then start singing those songs that you sing. You know those songs that you sing. You know those songs that you sing. Don't, don't sing. Don't sing that song. Don't sing that song. So the Bible says that do not be dismayed. Hallelujah. Be not be not wonderful. Don't, don't, don't fall before your problems. So I'm going to show you how you can turn your scars into what? Okay. Number one. If you know what to do, if you know what to do, you can do something. Is that not the case? If you have knowledge, you can do something. See, the first thing you need to do to turn your scars into stars is knowledge. Is what? Knowledge. knowledge. If you know what to do, you will not have any problems. Hallelujah. Let's read a nice verse in Ecclesiastes 8 and verse number 1. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 1. Who is as the wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of of a thing. A wise man, who is a wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine. And the boldness of his face shall be changed. Do you understand it? Do you? Okay. Let's look at another version. Give me New Leaven translation. How wonderful to be wise. It is a wonderful thing to be wise. Because if you are wise, you can turn around every situation. If you are wise, if you know what to do, you can turn every situation around. How wonderful to be wise, to analyze and interpret things. You see, it follows that if you are wise, you can also interpret things. When they tell you something, you can interpret it. If you have wisdom, you will have knowledge and you can interpret things. You understand? Wisdom lights up a person's face, softening its harshness. So what that means is that, what that means is that anyone who has knowledge has wisdom. And that person is a powerful person. 
Because you will be able to move away from every situation. And you know, if you also have knowledge, you become very bold. Right? You become very bold. Let me give you an example. At work, if you don't know what to do, you'll be very weak. You will not be confident to talk about the things that you do. You will not be confident. So they ask you a question and then you are shaking. You are shaking. They ask you a question and then oh, well, 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 well. you don't know what you know what you're talking about. But if you have your staff, if you know what you are talking about, then you are very confident. If you have knowledge, you can interpret the thing. You can just show the person that, listen, one by one is two. Two plus two is four. Go here, pass here, do this. You have understanding concerning that situation. But if you don't have knowledge, no matter what they tell you, you cannot process the information. You can't. You are very limited because you don't have the knowledge. You don't have the knowledge. And the Bible is saying that there is a way to have knowledge. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua. Joshua 1. Verse number 8. For you to have knowledge, you also have to study the subject area. Do you know that? You have to know the subject area. Otherwise, you will bomb. So the Bible is saying that, you see, our life, our life is embedded in the book of the law. Just as if you buy a VCR, these days they don't even sell you know, VCR. When you buy a new car, it comes with a manual. You can't put oil where you have to put water. If you do that, you are spoiling your car. Right? Or you are a student of biology. And they give you what, what, what are the books that you study. In my time, you know, and physics, you know, we use Abbott. These days, I don't know what you use. But if they give you that book, you have to, you have to study the Abbott. Also, did you study Abbott? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you have to study it to know the subject area. Then come exams, you are confident. You know the subject area. Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying that to turn your scars into stars, you need to study. The Bible says that study this book of instruction only when you have problems. Only when you have only when you have your paycheck. No. The Bible says that study the book of instruction continually. Continually. 
Meditate on it. So there is a difference between studying and meditating. All right? Meditate on it day and night. A lot of us, we have started from zero. Because we don't study the book of the law. Rather, we read when we feel like reading. But we don't study it. The Bible says that meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then. Only then. What is only then? When you have done what? When you have studied everything. And you have meditated on it. And you have observed it. And you have obeyed it day and night. Because the fact of the matter is that if you have not studied and you come to the class and the teacher is teaching from the book, you will not know what the teacher is talking about because you have not read the book, you have not studied it, you have not meditated on it, you do not obey it. So then what happens? You are at ground zero. So no matter how much oil and how much prayers are prayed upon you, you are still ground zero. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible is just an amazing book. Everything about life is in there. So the Bible says that if you want to prosper and you want to succeed, how many of us want to succeed? All of us. All of us want to, all of us, we want to succeed. And the Bible says that without that, without the studying of the word of God, we can never succeed. And you see, I realize that that is our problem. That is the problem we have. Today is Friday. If we say from Monday to Friday, what is your relationship with the Bible? I mean, I won't ask your relationship, you know, between soap and water. I'm, I'm asking your relationship with the word of God. No. 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 So no matter, no, no matter what is said to you, you don't know it. You don't know. So even if I show you how to turn your, your, your scars to stars, you would not know because the book, you have not read it. Do you know that if you haven't read and then you are even copying from somebody? You, I mean, you will know. Hallelujah! You will not. Number two. You will need the presence of God. You will do what? You need God's presence. You know when you have company, you are not afraid. If you are going somewhere and you have a company, you are not afraid. Once you have company, 
Once you have company, you are not afraid. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when you know God well, you are not afraid. Turn your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. Joshua 1 and verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you. You see, if God did not tell Joshua that he will be with him, Joshua would be afraid because he is an army general. Every, every soldier is afraid to die. No matter what they tell you, they are afraid to die. I met a soldier, you know, recently, I think last, last Sunday or so, and he told me that he was sent to Afghanistan. So I asked him, do you think that the soldiers there, the, uh, the American soldiers, do you think that they are afraid? Say, okay. They are afraid, Papa. So the least thing they will kill you. He said they are afraid. So if you make a mistake, he said there are so many things that happen that it is not reported because they are afraid for their lives. So the least thing they will kill you. And the Bible says that I will be with you. I will, I will accompany you. If you have God, it is better than having a GPS. Because he knows where he is going. If you have a GPS and then you miss your way, you know what happens? It will tell you that recalculating. And then you have to go on until it has recalculated and then turn. But the Lord told Joshua, that don't worry, I will be with you. The presence of the Lord will be with you. It is good to have God's presence. Amen. When you have God's presence, he directs you. Listen to what God said. He says, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not, I will not fail you or abandon you. You see, if you don't have knowledge, when you have problems, you will cry and cry and cry. But you don't know that God is saying that I will not fail you. And I will also not abandon you. You need God's presence. So I cannot understand people who don't read their Bibles. If you don't read your Bible, you don't think far. It is true. Because you don't know that God has promised that he will never abandon you. And he will always, always be with you. He will always be with you. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three, you need faith. You need what? Faith. Let's read a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1. Deuteronomy what? And verse 1. 
All the commandments which I commanded thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God is taking us from Egypt to the promised land. And he gave the Israelites, we are the modern day Israelites, he gave us a promise. What is the promise? He said that I'm giving you these laws so that by them you may do what? You may live. So if you want to experience God's promises, what do you think you need to do? You must live. Because if you don't live, you will not experience his promises. Is that right? So what is the promise that God gave? Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 8. Oh, sorry, Exodus. Exodus 3 and verse 8. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land unto a good land and a large... Sorry. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large land unto a land flowing with milk and honey and the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Amen. Amen. So this is the promise that God gave to the Israelites that he is bringing them to a land flowing with what? with milk and honey. And the, and the qualification is that you will be able to live, to enjoy it. Because if you don't live, you cannot enjoy the, 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 the place that God is bringing you. Hallelujah. So God said that you need to live. That means that you don't have to die. All right? So if God says that you need to live, what is he talking about? What is God talking about? That you need to live. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not 
eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You will die. So the Bible says that for us to be able to enjoy the, the, the promised land and the goodness of the Lord, we have to live. And then he told Adam and Eve that this tree, if you eat the fruit thereof, you will die. What is the tree? What is the fruit? The fruit of knowledge. If you eat it, that's it. You will die. But they ate it. And did they die? No, they lived. They lived. When they ate it, they lived. They did not die. They lived. Hallelujah. But they lived as what? You see, they lived as what? Dead man walking. They lived as dead man walking. That means that they did not accept the word of God by faith. They did not live by faith, but they lived by sight, by knowledge. By what? Knowledge. Let me tell you something. If we calculate everything by knowledge, if our life is guarded by the things we see, the things we observe, the things we use our natural mind to analyze and to comprehend and to do, we will not go far. Listen, there are so many knowledge, so I mean, sorry, so much knowledge in this world. But what has it brought us? Let's even talk about marriage, right? People have more knowledge now than before. But we have record number of divorce in this world. Record number. And I was thinking that with knowledge, with so much knowledge, we will be able to know how to conduct ourselves. Is that not the case? But it is not like that. Because we use our own imaginations we use our own mind because when you look at the things of God, sometimes if you are not spiritual, in fact, not sometimes, if you are not spiritual, it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Look at the knowledge in this world. The knowledge is used to produce ammunition to kill and to make war and to cause lots of problems in this world. If you don't walk by faith and you walk by sight, you will not go far. Because you see, when you have problems and you come and talk to your pastor, your pastor can tell you that, oh, you know what? Let us spend some time to fast and pray concerning this situation. You will tell your pastor, I don't think madness. I, I mean, I don't think far. I don't think madness. I 
mean, this problem I have, it is not about fasting and prayer. We need an answer now. We need an answer now. Because you have worked it out and you have your own solution to the problem. You see, when you read the Bible, the Bible says that the man is the head. And sometimes when you analyze, when you analyze the issue, you realize that, ah, no, this cannot be. This cannot be. I mean, how can such a foolish boy become my head? It can't be. And when you look at the situation, it's like the woman rather should be the head. But listen, you are not wiser than God. You are, you are not wiser. You are not wiser than God. You see, most of the problems we have is because we go by knowledge rather than faith. The Bible tells us that we should not be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. But you look at this person. We have our own agenda. We have what we think is love. Listen. When somebody gives you an iPad. When somebody gives you a car. When somebody buys you clothes. What will you say? The person loves me. True? Is it true? It's true. Okay. You are using knowledge. Does the Holy Spirit love us? The Holy Spirit loves us. But the Holy Spirit has never given me a flower during Valentine's Day. Never. The Holy Spirit has never given me a flower. Never. You see, when you are talking about love, when we talk about love, we are not talking about things. Oh, the boy loves me. It's because the boy brought you an iPad. But when God talked about love, he talked about character. He talked about character. When we talk about love, love is not jealous. Love is kind. Love is what? It's not rude. Love is not puffed up. Love is patient. But you, you, but you see, if you say somebody loves me, it's because the person has brought you an iPad. That means that the person loves you. You see, that is why the Bible says that when we walk by sight, when we walk by the, 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 the knowledge of good and evil, we will always miss it. All the time. We will miss it. All the time. Because, you see, the things that God values is very different than the things we value. Check Check the Bible, First, First Corinthians chapter um, thirteen, right? And look at 
Laugh. Bring it up. Bring, bring, bring it up. Go to verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 3. Verse 4. Okay, let's go to verse 4. Love suffereth what? Long. So if you say somebody loves me, it means that you irritate the person. But the person is very patient in school with you. Very cool with you. The person is kind. You see, there are some people you live, you know, with them, whether you are sick or in fact, they don't even take you know particular, you know. They don't take notice of you at all, whether you are sick or not. No, they don't know. Love is kind. Love envieth not. You don't, you know, if you love someone, you want the person to do well. Don't you want the person to do well? You want the person to do well. But you, they will, you know, they, they will buy you um, credits or iPhone, iPhone what? iPhone 6 or iPhone 7. There is nothing about, about, about iPhone 7 here in this scripture. There is nothing about iPhone 7. So you see, it all started from the knowledge that we don't have. So if I tell you that, listen, the way you can turn this scar into a star is by not envying this person because it demonstrates your love. So no. If, if the person says he loves me, then I need to know, you know, get some flowers from time to time. It's good though, but it is not important. Your flowers will not, no, prehims me. It will not do anything for me. But with this, suffered long. You see, a lot of people leave, a lot of people leave the church because of things that the pastor says. Your pastor has prepared a powerful, you know, message to come. Yeah. And you know what? Well, let me tell you something. When you are appointed as a pastor, you don't become a superstar overnight. So many things that I used to do when I was first appointed as a This time I won't do it. No, why? Because I have learned. But members don't have patience for their pastors at all. But if I say, do you love your pastor? Yeah. But you cannot, you know, you, you, know, you cannot suffer longer. No. The least mistake he makes, you know, I mean, you did the person. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So faith, when I talk about faith, I'm talking about faith in God's word. Amen. I'm, I'm talking about faith 
in God's word. If I'm now going to look for a beloved, it will be tough. It will be very tough. Because now my eyes are open. No, because I will check, I will check with this. This one. This. This. Listen. Don't, don't be don't be so fixated. You know, things like this. Shoe. Shoe. Shoes. Shoes. Oh, please. You see somebody who says he loves you, but he is the person does not love you I'm telling you I'm telling you those of you who are not you know married when I talk to you about these things you will not understand because you can be reduced to nothing and if you are puffed up you can't survive you can't. You see, the other time, Pastor David, after dancing in church and doing everything, he went home. He, you know, he went home feeling good. Hey, I've come to church. I've preached. You know, powerfully, everybody. But the wife was just waiting. <laughs> yeah. It is only the church that they call you, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. Hey, please. They don't know who you are. That's why they call you, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. Now you, they will dress you nothing. This is the most important thing. But you see, our value system is very different. You see, the Lord will tell you that this guy, he is the guy. And you will ask the Lord, why? Why? And the Lord will tell you that he is kind. He is patient. He envieth not. And he is not puffed up. Then you tell the Lord, ah! I won't go out with a boy that I'm taller than. Hey! Then some of us in the hair, we were fortunate by the Lord. what we say, isn't it? Look at his head like a fast boat. You'll be saying all sorts of things. But the Lord is saying to you, he is kind. He is what? He is kind. He is patient. He is patient. He is trying to turn your scars into stars. So you got to move by faith. You, know? you have to do what? Move by faith. And faith in the word of God. How many ladies want a God-fearing man? All right, let me tell you something. You must become a God-fearing woman. You understand what I'm telling you? 
must become a God-fearing woman yourself. One day, a very rich man took his beloved to... No, no, no. I think they were, you know, relaxing at home. And they were watching... It's a true story I'm telling you. They were watching one of these Nigerian movies. The lady was... The lady was engaged. The man had engaged her. Right? And then you see... These, you know, programs, you know, sometimes, you know, some of the scenes are some way, right? So there was one of, you know, one of the scenes, you know, the guy had done something wrong, you know. And then the lady stood up and then started shouting. He says, ah, this lady, she's a fool. If it was me the man would have seen what I would have done to him. I would have given him a knock. I would have removed his things and threw the things away. I would, I, I would never cook in the house. Ah, this lady, she's a fool. After all this that the man had done, look, she went to the kitchen and cooked you know, for this man. Ah, please. Ah, this, you know, ladies, I would, I would never have done that. The guy said, hey. It's a true story I'm telling you. The guy said, wow. What a shock. Listen, the guy, the guy canceled the marriage. He did not. It's a true story I'm telling you. Yeah? Some of your behaviors, eh? You must do them under the protection of marriage. Don't display them until you are married. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Some of your behaviors must be kept until you are married. But if you display them before you are married, you are down for the man, the man did not go forward with the marriage. It's true. Yeah, the, guy, the guy doesn't think madness. The girl would have done the same thing. The same thing. The same thing. That is why I advise the young girls in the church. Don't pack your things and go and live with a man who, who is not married to you. Let me say it again. If you are not married, if you are not married, do not Pack your things. Why? Are you so desperate? Oh, please. Do not pack your things. Don't pack your things and go and live with a guy that you are not married to. 
Why am I saying? Because when you go, you will display your foolishness over there. Listen. Uh, you see, as a pastor, I have seen a lot of things. And I have talked about a lot of things. And I am surprised that even though I see these things over and over and over and over. You see, the Bible says that goodness and mercy, they shall, they shall do what? They shall follow. Why do you have to go and follow somebody? Eh? And the guy, he will never marry you. He will never. He will never. He will never. One day I was sitting my somewhere. I was sitting my somewhere. Somebody came to tell me, Reverend, What should I do? What should I do? I told you everything. I told you everything. But you did not listen. And you know, I was I was watching. And I knew it will happen. It is just a matter of time. Always. It is not like I'm prof, you know, I'm a prophet. Because we see these things all the time. We see these things all the time. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell. Let me tell you something. Do you think that? Do you think that? After I got married, I haven't seen another nice lady before. Eh? They are all over. They are all over. They are all over. And I've seen all. All over. Is that not the case? If you ask every, every man, don't ask your pastor, but if you ask every, because your pastor is a very you know, dignified person, don't ask him. They, they will tell you. They, they will tell you. So, you see, if the guy doesn't have any obligation towards you, you have lived with the person for almost two years. What else do you want to see? What else do you want to see? And if he tells you that he is not ready, then you must begin to think. You must begin to think. You must begin to think. No, you must be. But you see, when we talk to you, say these people dear chest of Abunkuan and they have their own they have their own interpretation and they have their own tricks and the sad part is that the sad part is that after all is said and that they will bring the problem to the past then they will be calling you. Pastor, have you talked to him? What will I say to him? What do you want me to say to him? Pastor, have you talked to him? Talk what? What? 
what I want to talk to him. I rather want to talk to you. Pack your things and then, you know, reverse. Your car doesn't have, you know, a reverse gear. Put it there and then come. Before it's too late. A guy, you can't corner him. Just a wound to me into the chalk. You can't. You cannot. You can't chalk the guy. I see, we walk, we walk by faith. When you walk with the Lord, you have to be prepared to be a, a fool. You see, the blind man who came to Jesus to be healed, what did Jesus do? He just spat on the floor, mixed the, the, you know, the spittle with the sand, and then just you know, put it on the person's eye. I mean, your eye is hurting. Is that the solution? Is that the solution? Is that the solution? It doesn't look right. It does not. And then he would tell the blind man also, go and wash. I mean, how can he see and then go? But he had to be a fool. And then he has to go. He had to go. He had to go. So your pastor can say, tell it, this guy is a correct guy. So, uh, I'm taller than him. Uh, no. No. What is it? Mm-hmm. Don't worry. They're tall people there. After some time, you know, you see them bend like that. Don't worry. worry. After some time, you see them like that. Yes. One day, you see, these things I don't normally do, but one day I saw this girl, correct girl. But after, after the answer she gave me, I, I mean, I changed my, you know, view, you know opinion about her. I, I, I saw a nice guy in the church, and I said, tell me, this guy is a correct guy. I said, uh, pastor, uh. The way she jumped, uh. I said, what, why? He says, oh, no, the guy is too boring. I said, ah, but you don't know the guy. He says, mm, these people, they go home, shabalabalaba, every day, shabalabalaba, 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 shabalabalaba. I said, oh, 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 shabalabalaba, shabalabalaba, Very correct spiritual bravo. So I asked her, so you tell me, who, you know, the type of people that you like. And she pointed a guy in the church. I was happy that I had finished preaching in the morning before I had that conversation with her. You see, I changed, I changed my view about young ladies since that time. Seriously. Seriously. And I see it all the time. All the time. I see it all the time. Oh, we want a guy who has money. We want a guy who has a car. We want a guy who has this. Who has that. 
No. Walk by faith. Oh. Walk by faith, not by sight. Let me, let me continue. The next point. You must have a good attitude. Do what? When you are going through problems and issues, you must have a good attitude. There was a guy called Joseph. Joseph was a darling boy. The father loved him. And then the father, you know, sold a nice coat, very beautiful coat, and gave it to the son. And this boy, the anointing of God was on his life. So he used to have dreams, you know, dreams all the time. He would have dreams that, you know, the stars, the moon, and everything would be bowing to him. So he told the dream to his brothers. And the brothers were not happy. So it's a sign for you to know that it is not everyone who will celebrate your successes. You understand what I'm saying? He told the father the same thing. And the father also rebuked him, but he kept it. He kept the dreams in his heart. Then one day the father sent him that go and give some food to your brothers. They are, um, no, they are taking the sheep for grazing. So go and see how they are doing and then give them food. So the guy went in his nice robe and as soon as the brothers saw him, they decided that today is the day. We are going to finish him. So at the end of the, you know, of the day, what happened? They sold him. They sold him into slavery. He went to live in Potiphar's house. And then when he went, you know, and Potiphar had um, prostrate issues. So, he was not um, Meanwhile, the wife was on heat. And Uncle Potiphar had prostrate issues. So, burning bush. Hey, your, your, your people, they are wild, though. They say burning bush. Okay. All right. So, Mrs. Potiphar saw this handsome, strong, energetic guy. And then... Mrs. Potiphar was imagining so many things. And I think when, 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 when the pink towel came off, and uh, Joseph was very surprised at what he saw. So he ran. When I was in secondary school from four, I did BK. And the, the master who taught us was a reverend minister. And he taught us BK. And we did 
no, Genesis. So when we got to that stage, he says, ah, this Joseph power say I dear no or your Joseph. Then he mentioned his name. You know what? I don't want to spoil the preaching. You let's go on. Hey, even Nigerian movies, you know, you have part two. I'll tell you part two. But you see, Joseph eventually was imprisoned. But the guy had a good attitude. You know, the guy did not go along wallowing in sadness and say that, you know, I was a darling boy in my father's house. But look at me here, I've been so... He never mentioned it. He never mentioned that to, you know, to Pharaoh. Sorry, to um, Potiphar. Never mentioned it anywhere. But he had a good attitude. He was a good worker in Potiphar's house. But you see, there are some people when they have issues, they don't have a good attitude. They don't have a good attitude. They let their problems overshadow them. You know, he did not complain. You see, I've come across, you know, some people when you ask them to do something, they say, <clears throat> when I was in Ghana, I was A, B, C, and D. Now that I am here, I have become like nobody. And they, you know, they talk about this all the time. And I ask myself, so why, so why are you here? Why don't you go back to where you came from? And whatever you tell them, no. They do not listen. They have a very bad attitude. And they use their problems all the time. They talk about their problems. You are not the only person whose father did not look after. There are several people whose fathers abandoned them. But listen, they did not sit down and wallow in their sadness. They rose up. And they did what they had to do. Hallelujah. The guy did not tell Pharaoh that, listen. You can't talk to me like that. You can't talk to me like that. You, you don't come to work early. Every day you call sick. When they talk about it, you have a bad attitude. I mean, what is wrong with you? You can never ever succeed that way if you don't have a good attitude. You can't. You cannot. But Joseph had a good attitude wherever he went. He did good. So the grace of God was upon his life. Hallelujah. Listen, whatever situation that you find yourself in, have a good attitude. You understand what I'm saying? Have a good attitude. If he did not have a good attitude, Potiphar will not put him in charge of his household. He would not. So from there also, he went to prison. Somebody could have 
been so angry, you know, and always squeezing his face, you know, and would be telling the jail man that, you see, listen, even here, I didn't do anything wrong. I was sold by my brothers. And I came to Potiphar's house, and look at what happened, and now I am here. You see, and the girl would have had some very proud, you know, wrong attitude in the place. Nobody can do anything with somebody who has a bad attitude. If you have a problem, you have to humble yourself so that somebody can help you. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, don't, don't, don't give excuses that, oh, it's because I don't have papers, that is why um, I'm, you know, I mean, I can't go far. I know people who don't have papers, but they have done marvelously well. But you see, you have a bad attitude. And you go parade around telling people, it's because I don't have papers, that's why. It's because I don't, you know, I have an accent, that's why. Listen, you have to sit down. Your problem is that you are not sitting down to study. That's your problem. Oh, it's because I have an accent. What is accent? What is accent? It's because of your attitude, that's why. Yeah. It is because of your bad attitude. That is why you are where you are. But we have seen an example in the Bible that Joseph had a good attitude. He was not crying every day. Every day. Listen, broken heart, it doesn't take long. Six months. Six months maximum. Six months. It's gone. Six months, you're okay. Oh, you, I'm just being generous. I'm just, I'm just being generous. Six months. Six months, it's gone. But there are some people who will just cry. Two years, they are still crying. Ah! Hey, you there two weeks. Me, man, it took me long ago. You two is God, you know, God bless you. But listen, what I'm saying is that you cannot sit down and use that as an excuse. You see, I'm going to tell you something. Which, don't tell me that I am insensitive to people's issues. But some of the problems that have come your way, it has actually worked for your good. Let me tell you something. One day somebody told me that her sister, you know, this person lost her husband some time ago. And then her sister told her that it is only you that I can tell this to. Because I can't share this with everyone. If your husband has died before, me, my wife has not died before, so I cannot say what I'm saying because I don't know how it feels like. You see, but this person told her sister who had also gone through the same fate that look, 
sometimes it works better. Or in my case, it has not been that bad. Because you see, my children, I have seen my children risen up to become pastors. You know, but when the husband was alive, they were not going to the church that now they have become pastors in. And if the husband was around or alive, they wouldn't have become pastors and they wouldn't have been in that church. And then I advised the sister that, you see, it is only you that I can tell this to. That also in your case, God will find a way and comfort you. And you know, I have sat down and I have analyzed this thing and I've seen that it is true. That you see, sometimes out of maybe compassion, you will do so many things for somebody that if maybe the husband was around or whatever, you won't do it because you think, oh, you know, she has help. But you see, let me tell you something. Loneliness Right? The cure for loneliness is not to get a wife or to get a husband. No. You say, oh, I'm lonely. So I'm going to get whosoever who may come. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you something. A husband will not cure your loneliness. And a wife will not cure most of the married people, they are lonely. Lonely. They are very lonely. Lo- lonely. But you are not in that situation, so you don't know. And you think, and, and somebody will think that, oh, you have a husband, you have a wife. So certain things that could be done for you, it will not. Because there is somebody there who provides that. If only you can open your mouth and ask for help, but you can't. So it is not a cure. You see, the most beautiful girl, you never know that at a point she'll become old. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she'll become old. And what are you going to say? You know, so you have to have you have to have a good attitude and move on. Move on. I said, move on. Move on with your life. By having a good attitude. You can move on. There are some of you one sin has just tied you down. And you cannot move. What is wrong with you? You have to move. Paul said that I have put everything behind me. And now I press on towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Jesus Christ. So have a good attitude. When you are corrected, have a good attitude. Actually, it is the person who loves you who will correct you. If your pastor does not correct you, he has a problem with you. Just that we won't say it. I can say it from my pulpit. When I put my microphone down, I won't say it. If he corrects you, 
He loves you. If he's always calling you, sniffing you all over the place, he is concerned about you. That is why he is not interested in you per se on the other side. He is just interested in your well-being. Because a true pastor, when you have a problem, he can't sleep. My wife will tell me that, listen, you can't carry this whole problem on your head. Commit it to the Lord and sleep. Commit, commit, commit it to the Lord and sleep. Commit it to the Lord and sleep. Because you can't carry the whole churches if everybody's problem on your head. Committed to, but the fact of the matter is that the church, you know, members, they are your children. When they are going through problems, you also feel it. You feel it. I mean, how can you sleep knowing that somebody is locked up? You can't. You cannot. You have to go. You have to go and help. That is why sometimes they talk to you. Because you see, God, eh, He knows the end. From the beginning. Oh, the end from the beginning. Last, you know, Wednesday when we had a convention here, my friend dropped me home. And then, I, and then when we were going, we were just having a conversation. And I told him that, brother, you want to go to Accra. See, I was here when you brought your brothers to church, your sister-in-laws to church. Now they have all become pastors. What are you doing? You must also rise up to become a pastor. You must rise up. And then I told him that, listen, there is a way to walk on. There is a path to travel. So when you are going to Brooklyn, you don't go on 95 North. You will never end there. You get to Connecticut. Meanwhile, we are going to Brooklyn. So there is a path. To walk on, to get to your destination. Why do you think I had that conversation? I care for him because I know that he has the heart for it. And, he de- and then he deserves to be given a chance. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but some of you, when we talk to you, and then when we talk to you, you know, you frown your face. Why? No. So you must have what? A good attitude. You must have a good attitude. The next point I want to make is that you have to be patient. You have to be what? You have to be what? You have to be patient. What can take somebody a thousand years to do? It can only take one second, as far as God is concerned, to do it. A lot of problems that we have is because we are not patient. It's because we are not patient. Let me give you another example. One day I was talking to somebody who wants to um, go. <laughs> How do you call it? 
I said, bro, I don't agree with what you want to do. I don't. Are you not a man of God? You are a man of God. Don't you believe in prayers? Believe. The Lord will make a way. And I told him that my job that I do, sometimes it is very difficult leading people to court, going before a judge, saying all sorts of things. It's very tough. That sometimes you say you have three children. What are their dates of birth? You have forgotten. <laughs> then you know it, 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 it's a problem. So take your time. This, I, I told the person, have patience. He said, these pastors. That's why I would never you know, get a lawyer pastor to come and deal with my case. We are not in church, bro. This is business. So, he took his way. I said, okay. And soon after that, he spotted a young lady in the church. The lady was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And apart from the fact that the lady was beautiful, if they were to get married, you know, you know, I mean, you will save your money. At least the money will be a down payment for a house. And you also guarantee that you will have it. So, he did not disclose to the lady what he had done. And then when we were about to have the marriage counseling. You know, pastors, they ask questions. Because we open the book and then the questions are written for us. So we, we, we ask one by one. And then we ask the questions. And then the guy said, oh, actually, 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 um, I did some pack, 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 but it is, it is just to help me to stay here. Oh, this beautiful girl said, no, as far as I'm concerned, you are married, so we can't. It was like a joke. And the guy turned to me and said, Pastor, you said it. You said it. But can you not tell her that it was just for? I, I, I said, bro, what can I say? There is nothing I can say. I cannot say anything. I, to, I told you that have patience. I told you have patience. But you did not listen. What am I supposed to say? She lost the beautiful girl. What the guy didn't know was that somebody was waiting. You don't know that somebody is praying against you, but you don't know. <laughs> okay. Somebody is praying against you. His prayer says that let it not work so that I'll be the beneficiary. 
but you never know. To end, people pray all sorts of prayers. At the end of the day, what he went to do, it did not succeed. And they sent him a deportation letter. You, you, she lost the beautiful. That is how I come to know that you can lose weight in a day. In a day. You see, Joseph, Joseph was put in prison. Joseph was put in prison. Hallelujah. Joseph was put in prison. But the guy was patient. He was patient. He interpreted a dream for two people. And he told them that don't forget about me. When you come out of this place, don't forget about me. Mention me to Pharaoh. The guy came out and he forgot. You see, so many times when people forget about us, what do we do? We hail insult. But I have come to find out that, you see, as a believer, your life is in the Lord's hands. And what appears to be a mistake is not. I said, what appears to be a mistake is not a mistake. It is God's orchestration to bring you to the place that he wants you to be. So the Bible says that the guy forgot. The guy forgot about Joseph. Now the question I want to ask you. Joseph had a criminal record. Do you know that? Probably he was an illegal immigrant in Egypt because he was sold as a slave. So the question I want to ask you is that assuming the guy remembered him and he was set free from prison, what would he have done? What would he have done? What would he have done? He would not even have transportation back to wherever he came from. But God had a plan for him. And God had to keep him there at an appointed time. You see, so that is how the good attitude also comes in. He had to be patient. He had to be patient for God's own time. So he was there. The guy did not you know, remember him. So God had to keep him there until Pharaoh had a dream. So God was keeping him for the appointed time. God was just waiting for the day Pharaoh would have the dream. Because he had set him up to become the next prime minister. So it is just a matter of time. In this life, don't be in a hurry. 
to do anything. Otherwise, you will miss a major breakthrough. You will miss it. You will miss it. And everything that God does is for his glory. Not, not to make you happy. Do you understand it? Yeah, it is for his glory. It is never ever to make you happy. But it is for his glory. So God kept Joseph until Pharaoh had a dream. And then when Pharaoh had a dream, then God told Joseph, now arise and shine. For thy light had come. So he went. They removed him from prison. And then he went to become the prime minister just by interpreting dreams. You see, when I read the story of Joseph, I think about Nelson Mandela. If he was released at the time that he was fighting for freedom and all those things, he would have been probably killed. He would have been killed. But right from prison, he became the president of South Africa. We have to be patient. Patient. Waiting on the Lord. Wait for the Lord to move before you move. Hallelujah. And the last thing is that try your very best not to harbor any unforgiveness. By the grace of God, I can say that there is nobody that I don't talk to. Because sometimes the things that you go through, it can make you so bitter. Is there anybody that you don't have any talking terms with? Or you don't want to lift up your hand? Or you are not sure? Come, come, you know, come to me. If you, you know, if you, if you have a situation like that, come. There are more. Come. Bitterness, unforgiveness. You have an issue with somebody. When you see the person, your heart begins to boom. Bam, bam, bam. There are more. Come, 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 come. My sister, come. I think I have more people. Don't be shy. Because I'm going to do a very spiritual thing. That will set you free. Come. I'm waiting. Oh, just come here. Come, come. Sister.
Who else is coming? There is more. Don't let this opportunity pass. You are angry with someone. You are not talking to somebody. Because of a situation that happened between you and the person. Come and be free. I know there is more. What about if you are not sure? There are people who are not sure. And I also know that there are people that, you know, they can't say that they don't have a good relationship, but they know that the relationship should have been better. But it is not. Now I'm coming home, right? Come. The relationship could have been better. There is some tension somewhere. Come. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Is there somewhere? Come here. Is there some small tension? If you are still sitting now, do you know it is pride? And that is even, 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 even worse. So pray to God to heal you of your pride. By the grace of God, there is nobody I can say that I don't talk to. By the grace of God. You talk to the person, but it is not the way it used to be. There is some small tension there. Small tension. Don't let pride keep you. Please come. If you want to be delivered, please come. The devil is saying that, Pastor, you have said it that they are not coming. Go on with it. We are not ignorant of his devices. We cast out that evil spirit that is speaking to your mind get up and come. Because he still wants to keep you bondage. Well, I have obeyed the Lord. Yeah, come here. Shall we project Mark eleven twenty four? We are just about to close. Mark 11, 24. As we read these scriptures, if you can only let your pride go, you can still join. Mark 11, 24. Shall we all read? Ready, go. Therefore, I say unto you, 
what things soever ye desire. When ye pray, believe that ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them. Verse 25. Verse 25, please hurry, hurry up. Oh, who is doing it? No, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Ready, go. And when ye pray, you stand praying. Forgive if ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. The first scripture we read, the Bible says that if you ask God for anything, anything, he will do it. But when you stand praying and you have anything against someone, if you don't forgive him, the Lord can't do anything for you. Are we all Christians? Yes. Okay. Let me tell you, give you a small test. The test is, now we have all come before the throne room of God. And the only thing that will qualify you to enter heaven is to know how to say the Lord's Prayer. Do you know how to say the Lord's Prayer? Who doesn't know how to say the Lord's Prayer? We all know. Okay, that is the only qualification to enter heaven. Shall we say, ready, go. Amen. Forgive what? As we you have been saying this Lord's Prayer for a very long time, but you don't believe it. Because you have not forgiven those who have trespassed against you. And I'm telling you, if you don't release those people from your heart, Everything that you do will not succeed. So I want all of us, including those who should have come and, you know, because of pride, you are sitting there. Close your eyes and let's pray and tell the Lord, Father, no, pray for yourself that, Father, forgive me my trespasses, forgive me my sins. Even sometimes I am angry with somebody, but I don't know. I am praying, oh God. Father, I don't want the tormentor to torment me. Forgive me, Father, for my sins, Lord. The Bible says that I must forgive if somebody has ought against me so that my prayers will not be hindered. I pray in the name of Jesus. Deliver me, oh God from unforgiveness. Deliver me, Lord, from unforgiveness. Father, deliver me, Lord, from unforgiveness. Anybody who has offended me, I release the person in the name of Jesus. I don't want the enemy to keep me in bondage. Father God, I pray for your deliverance. Deliver me, O God.
You make my life so beautiful. And as you are, you have made me here on earth. There's nothing greater than this. That's why I love you forevermore. You make my life, you make my life so beautiful. Oh, and as you are, I release you in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's nothing greater. I release you from that bondage. That's why I love you. I release you forevermore. In the name of Jesus, I set you free. I want. I want may you be released Father God I release her may you be released from that demonic bondage I set you free my sister you make my life be set free from that spirit of unforgiveness
that spirit of unforgiveness. I want more of May the Lord set you free. Jesus, oh. more I know you. Is the more I want to know. Oh, 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 oh. The more I want to know you, Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of you. May the Lord release you. Be released from that spirit of unforgiveness. Jesus, the more I know you. The more I want to know you, Jesus. I set you free from that spirit of unforgiveness. May the Lord set you. May you be set free from that spirit of unforgiveness. I set you free in the name of Jesus. Father, set them free. I know you. devices of the enemy you make my life so beautiful make my life so father god i pray for her in the name of jesus and father you will release her oh god from that spirit of unforgiveness in the name of jesus in the name of jesus be released from that spirit of unforgiveness. Oh, 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 Jesus. I want more of you. Jesus, the more I know you, is the more I want to know you. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you realize the answer that Joseph gave to his brothers? You realize the answer that Joseph gave to his brothers? It's for evil. Joseph told his brothers that you meant it for evil. For evil. But God turned my scars into stars. Hallelujah. You see, God does not pour his oil into any vessel. He doesn't pour his oil into any vessel. Nah, nah. 
I have purposed in my heart that there is nobody I can say that I have issues with you. No. By the grace of God. Hallelujah. And it's a conscious effort. I will never allow you to offend me. Never. Never ever. Never. Because it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous disease. And I just want to be free. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to be free. No matter what happens, if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, no. I mean, God, you know, God can help you. God can help you. Mm. So if you don't take anything away from this place, you know, listen to what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes you even need to go to somebody and tell the person that you, you offended me, but you know, <laughs> I forgive you. Maybe the person is not aware, but just for your sake, because otherwise you will have bitterness mm. against the person. And you can never say the Lord's Prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we be on our feet? And let's thank the Lord. Just thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him. Bless his holy name that he's turning every scar that you have into stars. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for the healing. We thank you, oh God, Father, for teaching us we thank you, O oh God, Father, for the patience. We thank you, Father, for good attitude. We thank you that, Father, you are developing our faith in the name of Jesus. We bless your name. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. Amen. One here this afternoon, Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday. But you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed. Every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us. Even whilst we were still sinners, Lord, you sacrificed. You laid down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. 
Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.